Welcome to the Bonner Broadcast, a Bonner Pipeline Project initiative where we provide professional development resources for civically engaged leaders in the higher education and nonprofit sectors. In this series, we will be focusing on postgraduate pathways with episodes covering graduate school, career changes, and networking. This episode is Building Your Professional Toolbox, tips on LinkedIn, resumes, and interviews. In this episode, you will love to hear what our resident experts have to say on networking and more. First, to offer interview advice is Elvis Diaz, Senior Financial Business Analyst at Intel Corporation and Bonner Scholar alum from Berry College. Learn more about Elvis's journey from scholar to the business field in the Career Pathways episode of this series. Take it away, Elvis. Definitely have passion. That's really what gets you hired. A lot of the interviewers, they know if you have passion, but if they don't see like you're somewhat interested, um, like through your body language, through your tone, the words that you're saying, like, they're like, all right, maybe this person is smart, but we want someone who like really likes the company, really likes the work they're going to be doing. So yeah, just be your authentic self. Um, obviously, I know the nerves can prevent that a little bit because you're nervous, you really want the job, but it's okay to say that. It's okay to like, just be vulnerable with them. I think, um... A lot of times people don't like being vulnerable, but that's kind of a way of you being sounding genuine. I have interviewed a lot of people as well. I remember one of the things that in the rubrics that I've used is you literally grade them on genuine, like how genuine do they sound? And honestly, it's the vulnerability is how you can be the most genuine. You know, like just have a normal human conversation, Um, still professional, but, you know, because then they see you as a person and they connect better with you, specifically if they're doing like 10 interviews a day or 20 interviews a day, and they're like, all right, everyone's meshing together. I don't know who's who. If you're the one that was able to connect with them at a more personal level, you'll stand out, and then they'll be able to better assess, like, all right, this is who I want to work for. Next, I asked Elvis how he prepared for job interviews. This is his advice for walking in feeling prepared and confident for questions that may be thrown your way. One thing I learned in my internship last year is carry, like, a notebook with you, and then just write like little wins you've had. Take note of like little things that you can easily forget that you know you did a really good job of. They ask you a question and they want you to know, all right, give me a situation when you're in this in this in this context. Um, what was what did they, what was the task? What was asked of you? What action did you take? And then what was the result? If you write these down and you like just have them all logged in at one little plate and you don't have to like worry about remembering exactly what happened. Not only is keeping track of little wins great for answers to interview questions, It's also a great reminder of our own accomplishments. Speaking of highlighting our own accomplishments, another crucial part of postgraduate life is your resume. A resume can get outdated quickly and can sometimes seem impossible to condense. Here to share a little more about the process is Jada Monica Drew, an international leadership and diversity consultant and the CEO of her own company, Social Designs. You can learn more about Jada in the Career Pathways episode of this series, but I'll pass the mic now so she can share her wisdom. Yeah, I would say, you know, have multiple, multiple bio biographies and multiple resumes. I remember while applying for different positions, I had to change my um, resume for every job. And I realized that it was so time consuming. I had to change every single cover letter. So if you know you might want to go into communications or um, like communications branding, or maybe even you're interested in education, or you might want to do policy. As you're thinking about what next, what are the areas? What are your top five areas, for example? Go ahead and craft your resume and craft your bio to fit that. After crafting your resume, you may be wondering what a graduate school admissions team is looking for. To share the admissions office perspective, here is Brace Lamb, 
Director of Ministry and Vocational Exploration at Wake Forest University School of Divinity, a Bonner Partner Graduate School. Typically with resumes, especially applying to graduate school programs, the first thing it is important to highlight is your academic achievements because when it all boils down um, to it, like we're still a graduate academic program where you're, you'll be graduating with at least a master's degree, if not something more. Really highlighting that education aspect and then kind of supplementing that with your Bonner experience because Bonner within itself is a learning uh, experience. You're doing that alongside your undergraduate studies as well. And Race would know about Bonner being a learning experience. He's a Bonner Scholar alum from Emory and Henry College. Here he is again explaining how he constructed his own resume. How I built my resume, and this may not be for everyone, but it, it may offer some advices. Um, so I started with education and then um, I went to a section that I called professional experience. Um, and Honestly, like volunteering and service and, and all the work you're doing with Bonner, that's exactly what it is. It is professional experience. You are learning um, how to integrate your academics into the local community that you are serving um, and vice versa. Um, so um, taking some time on your resume to try to blend those uh, would be kind of my one piece of advice and recognize that they do complement each other and they're not just hard kind of divisions between well here's my academic resume and here's my volunteer resume um, but that the two can actually go together quite well and if you are um, fortunate enough to attend um, like SLI or the Bonner Congress um, being sure to highlight those um, kind of professional um, trainings as well or professional conferences as well now, here again is Elvis Diaz to share his perspective from his personal experience with resumes and applying to graduate school. Obviously, every college has a career service office, and I don't think that students utilize their service enough. And through time, I realized, like, as I kept submitting a lot of resumes and cover letters, people don't really care about what you did. They care about what um, impact you had. Don't just say, you know, I'm a cashier, and they're like, well, obviously, you're a cashier. They already know, like, you know, you handle the money, you give people change, you greet them, like, that's a given, so you don't need to write that. You're wasting that space to say something else about you that's different about why are you a better cashier than any other cashier. That's when I learned to start every bullet with a verb, and that shows, you know, like, action of what you did. Talk about what impact did you have to the organization. So say you are a cashier and be like, all right, I reduced the um, inaccurate change that I gave to clients by, you know, 10 20%. So then that tells the employer, oh, wow, like not only your cashier, but oh, he almost never made errors. It's hard because, you know, we don't really like to boast about ourselves. Or oftentimes we overlook something that someone else would be very impressive, but we just think it's like an everyday normal thing. So a lot of it's a lot of self-reflection too. And then I also learned that you don't have to keep a bullet within the line. So the bullet doesn't have to be like a, just words. It can be like an actual sentence, like a little mini story. Try to make each line somewhat impressive because Let's face it, people don't actually read the whole resume. Now that we have information about resumes, let's move on to networking. As we know, technology has changed the world we live in, including professional networking. Here again to offer LinkedIn advice and expertise is Jada Monica Drew. LinkedIn is a great resource. Um, I see a lot of people using LinkedIn very inappropriately. It's not a, a social media tool for the sake of sharing your social life. It's a social media tool for the sake of making uh, professional connections. And so you want to make sure that you're extremely sharp, um, that your brand speaks excellent uh, when you are on LinkedIn. Um, and when you send someone a message or, excuse me, when you send someone a, a request to connect, say something. Don't just say, hey, you know, 
connect, let's connect, but you know, tell them why and why you're interested in connecting. Maybe even ask for information or interviews. Um, I've found that people are more uh, interested in having those informational interviews when they know that you're a student. So take advantage of the junior and senior. And everything on your social media paints the story of who you are. So no matter how private you think your LinkedIn is, or, or excuse me, your uh, Instagram, your um, Snapchat, everyone always has access no matter what you think. People Google you, they go to your Facebook, and they use those things to um, dictate if they're going to hire you. They create those assumptions based on what you share. Um, so clean it up. It's not social. Sorry. However, don't forget that networking still extends beyond the web. Here's Jada with more. A lot of people do um, also ask for nuts and bolts, right? Because it's not just all about following your passion and things fall in place. Um, you have to build relationships. It's not just about calling someone that you know has the power to do something. It's about building those relationships along the way because you might be standing next to that person and don't even know it in a class that you're taking in chem or bio or, you know, English lit. You know what I mean? Like you don't know. So building those relationships in college and meaningful relationships, that has also been very, very helpful for me. Are you unsure of who to reach out to first? There's an entire network of Bonners working and living out in the world. Our next guest is Samantha Ha, a Bonner alum currently pursuing her Doctor of Philosophy and Curriculum and Instruction at Boston College. She's here to remind us to use the network at our fingertips. I think just in general, um, I would say like the Bonner Network is a huge resource. You can definitely encourage people not only to utilize me, but knowing that there are tons of Bonners out there. Uh, that I know are willing to do that, but also utilizing the network in general, you know, like staff, faculty. And this network extends beyond Bonner. Anthony Syracuse, Assistant Director of the Collaborative for Community Engagement at Colorado College and Bonner alum, is here with more about professional networks. Bonner, the foundation and the staff and Ari have played such a, a major role in this work, right? And getting these centers established but there is a wider field campus compact right is a big part of this imagining america is a big part of this um, there are so many different entry points to this work and one thing that i would really encourage bonners to do is familiarize yourself with those other professional networks because you meet colleagues you get insights and ideas and inspiration um, and frankly opportunities for jobs and other things right by networking in those other spaces um, and this field has grown so tremendously over the last 30 years. It's kind of exciting to think about what it could look like 30 years from now. Excited about the future? Last but not least, we have with us Kelly Behrend, a Bonner Scholar alum from the University of Richmond. She is currently holding multiple career positions as a sustainability consultant, helping companies go green, a yoga teacher, and a spiritual coach. She's going to share with us career advice and her thoughts on informational interviewing informational interviewing, which is a great phrase and very true. I just think it's about authentic human connection. Like if you find someone and you really like the work that they do, tell them that, <laughs> you know, reach out and say that you'd like to learn more. I think it's really um, tempting for us to fall into the traps of comparison or jealousy or um, unworthiness when we see other people that we really admire being successful in the world. And so a great way through that is just to admit the feeling that's actually underneath of that, which is that I just really admire and I'm interested in what this person is doing. 
and yeah, reaching out, like whether it's a DM on Instagram to someone that you really enjoy following or, you know, catching up for a coffee or sending someone an email and your email or your outreach doesn't have to be long and beautifully written. I think when I first was graduating from college, I felt that I constantly had to write these like <laughs> beautiful emails, really long emails about my life story and what I'm interested in. And um, I wish I would have known sooner. It really can be much simpler than that. It's just about reaching out and saying, Hey, my name's Kelly. I'm a recent grad. I really love the work that you do. I want to learn more. Um, I admire your work. And if you have time for a coffee or an email exchange at some point in the next few months, I'd really love that. The number one career advice I have for recent grads, no matter what you're studying, no matter what you're interested in, is pick a job that gives you exposure. So it doesn't matter if you're working in a clinic or in an office or some other setting. Pick a job where you can go to industry conferences, where you can meet people, where you can interact with um, competitors in the field and learn what they're doing and meet people that work at all stages of the supply chain or the process of whatever product or service you're offering. Talk with your hiring manager or your boss and try and find ways to get a stipend to be able to go to professional conferences, even if it's something that your company doesn't usually sponsor. It's a way to add to the value of, you know, your skill set, your knowledge, that's where the networking happens. Networking happens when you're actually passionate about something, when you're learning. Um, it doesn't have to feel like forced and stiff and, you know, like good handshakes. I mean, that's all, yes, a part of it, but it's more about um, real human connection and actually meeting people that care about what you care about. And when you network and talk about your Bonner experience, I usually say it was a social justice scholarship. And of course, I mentioned community service, I mentioned many of the other common commitments, but I really feel that no matter, again, what industry you're heading into, uh, the world needs to be more just. As Bonner scholars, we're given that opportunity to um, take a look at the world from all of those diverse viewpoints and propose new solutions for, yeah, a better and more just world. Thank you for tuning into this Bonner broadcast episode building your professional toolbox. Other episodes from this Postgraduate Pathways series are available on the Bonner YouTube channel, as well as the Bonner Wiki. While you're there, be sure to check out the other Pipeline Project resources too. This episode has been made possible thanks to Claire Blim, Liz Brandt, Sarah Byler, Maria Guevara Carpio, Dr. Ari Hoy, and the Bonner Pipeline Project Committee. Special thanks to our featured guests, and to Ben Sound for the music. Bye.